You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on Instagram and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel. Today, I am joined by a fantastic friend who I made while I was in ministry. Uh, and I have always appreciated his ministry through the Brian test, Vince Wright, or Hi. Mr. Wright, as I've called him, I think one time. Uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you back, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you um, asking me to come back. I really enjoyed our time when we um, talked about As I Am on October 30th last yeah. year. Yeah. And uh, what's, what's funny too, is you were the connection for me and Michelle Nizet because you oh. listed both Michelle and I on your website as resources, to which I was way too flattered. Uh, and then I was like, wait, who's this Michelle lady? And then I found her and then we connected and then we connect, you know, we're like, oh yeah, we've both done stuff with Vince. He's fantastic. And then I was like, wait, I gotta do another one with Vince. What's, man, I gotta reach out. So just yeah, small she, world. She, she sent me that in an email as well. Uh, I was tickled to, to get that email. Yeah. See, see, look at you. Your, your reach is so vast. Vince. I'm playing matchmaker. I didn't you're even know it. Podcast matchmaker over That's here. That's right. You, you are the, the bridge for us. Well, so today, uh, like I said, I have the pleasure with the, the one and only Vince Wright of the Brian test. Uh, by the way, find the Brian test on the Brian Right. And you can yes. find tons and tons of resources on whether or not songs are biblical. And it ranges from, anything from like a congregational song to one you'd find on the radio, which I love. I think that ministry is, is needed. So please go out and follow him on the, on his website, as well as you guys have, you have a Facebook page too, right? Of the same name. Yeah. The brilliant test. It's a page. Yep. And uh, guys, I mean, I have been personally blessed and I'm so thankful for Vince and his ministry. You need to, if you care as in listening to this podcast, hopefully you do care about the songs that you sing. Vince goes into even more detail than I do. Uh, which isn't saying much because I barely scratched the surface compared to him. But go and and just read the the wealth of knowledge and truth that Vince does and pours into a lot of these these songs. And you, he does so much research and he does so much work to make sure that you are informed. So if you have not, you need to go follow him. So there you go. There's your plug. Thank I don't you. plug you again at the end because you need to be plugged because you're great. So <laughs> all right. Anyway, so we're gonna look at this song by Hillsong Young and Free. Which is, um, which is kind of like the youth arm of Hillsong. And so I love what Vince does in all of his, um, his reviews now, he, especially when he's looking at like Elevation or Hillsong, he says, hey, make sure you, reader, do your due diligence and look at the theology and everything. I'm not going to say anything about that on my review. I'm just going to interpret it as, hey, is this biblical or not? You need to go and do the work yourself. And so, and I know in my podcast, I look more at it. Okay, yeah, the church has issues. So if you don't like that a church has issues and would and not in good conscience do their song, don't do their song. And I know I wouldn't do their song uh, because of that, because of issues that, that I would have and have in the past and have now, you know, but I'm not a worship pastor anymore. So I'm not making that call. But if you are, and that's a conviction of yours, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But Hillsong has now kind of these newer arms, Hillsong Young and Free, and they target more of the youth and I think this song, even without kind of giving away what I feel about this song, this song is very targeted towards the demographic that Hillsong Young and Free usually writes for, I, I would believe. Um, but this song is called As I Am. 
by Hillsong Young and Free. And it was released, I think it was released about a year ago. I think is what it, what I saw. Um, because when I was reading um, the person's interpretation uh, or the, the history behind the song, they started writing it in like 2017. And then it was released, uh, I think last year, kind of as a result of like, hey, we think we need to release this in the midst of the pandemic. That was kind of one of their main drives for releasing the song. So it started in 2017 as in the writing process and then it was finally released uh, last year as a result of everything. So Vince, why don't you just kind of start off with where you went with this song, with, with your examination and your estimation of the song. And we'll just kind of go back and forth like we did before, but I want the, my listeners to hear what you were having, to, you were thinking about the song. Uh, well, one of the, the first things that I look for is the, the pronoun you and to, and to kind of see where mm-hmm. that lines up. Uh, there's a lot of songs out there that have that personal pronoun like you or, um, you know, uh, or, you know, I can't think of any other ones. Usually, usually the most common one, um, uh, me or something like that. Um, right, yeah. It's, it's usually not identified. Yeah. Yeah. As, it's just you and me. Yeah, and it's just you. And it could be, your. it could, it could yeah, you are, that was the other one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and that could, that could apply to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, um, yeah. It, it doesn't, I, I understand for some people you're at church. We're in church context. Uh, we, we have a basic understanding of what the you word you means. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't just think about church context. I try to think about the person who's listening on the radio. Yeah. Uh, it has no idea what, what's uh, particularly people who are not Christians that are listening to this and have, okay. So who is this actually talking about? Right. Uh, it's not very clear. Uh, now in this particular song, I did notice that um, that the words Lord Father and yeah. Lord in pre-chorus one are used, and so that yeah. that at least gives me some sort of indication as to who this song is about. Right. Yeah. That's, Which is it, huge. I mean, you're not wrong. How many songs have we heard, even in the church, that people are singing that doesn't even mention Jesus or who it's singing to? Far too few, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is, so, I mean, there's there's power in that name, right? That I mean, there's a whole song about ooh, that. There's that'll power preach. In the name that'll of Jesus. preach. Yeah, there's power in the name of Jesus. So why aren't we using that word in our songs? Because that's mm. who we're praising and worshiping. It's just it's something that that does bother me. Um, yeah, quite a bit. And I think that's indicative of the focus of the song. If the song is more about me and my experience, then it's not necessarily going to be about the power that's with within the name of, of God and the Lord and, and Christ, because then it's going to be more on him. The focus is going to be on him and who he is and his character. Cause you're, you're right. You've, there's power in the name of Jesus, but if you only have so much space in a song to talk about someone. So if you're going to be devoting most of your time to talk about yourself, then you're not going to talk about the Lord because it's, it's about my experience. And, and, I, and I think the song, you know, I don't, we're not, I'm not going to bash it and say, this is a terrible song, but I think it does lean heavily into my experience as, you know, a Christian in, in, in reception of what God's done, which in, in its, 
it has merit in, right? This song does a good job. I think a really good job kind of portraying what the cross means for everyone, right? It's, it's not what the cross means for you as uh, someone like me in the South in South Carolina or, or you in Maryland, right? Or like you in uh, the upper class or lower class. It's what, what is, what does the cross mean for everyone? I mean, I was actually having a conversation with someone in the gym today who used to grew up Catholic and it was like, is completely traumatized by the dogma of the Catholicism because her mom was just so vehement about it. And she wrestles with, okay, so Catholicism is all about the seven deadly sins and like that you can't, you can't do them or else it's, you know, it's too bad. You're not going to heaven. And she said, so, you know, like, what do you do with that at the, with the cross? And I said, everyone stands equal at the cross, equally condemned, but also equally free, freely receiving grace, right? You're equally condemned and equally redeemed because Christ has done that, right? You, you're not standing before the cross now in Christ, still condemned because X, Y, Z in Christ before the cross, you are redeemed. And, and, and I, and I think this song does a good job at least saying what, what that means if you are in Christ, but my hang up with this song is it doesn't tell me why I am, I am loved and I am, he loves me and his, his shows his kindness and mercy towards me. And he, it does say it's been left at the cross, but it, it, it doesn't give me enough to say, okay, like that now motivates me to say like, man, God, you have done so much through Christ on the cross. It's just kind of like uses the cross language to kind of get to the chorus. Now, what do, what do you, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I just, I spoke for a lot and went a little bit of rant about that with Catholicism, but. <laughs> I, well, I would, I would agree with your assessment. Um, now I, I do like that. It talks about how, um, how we have not received um, or that we have received grace, but it's undeserved. Yeah, uh, in the that very was really good. Verse, I did like that. Yeah, in the very first verse, it says, I'm living in a grace where everything is more than I imagined, mm. where what is undeserved is freely given. Now, that's got, it's got Ephesians 3.20 written all over it, where yeah. God gives us more than we can ask. And, and sometimes we ask mm. for a lot of things, but he gives even more because of how gracious he is and um, and no, we don't deserve it. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. There's a lot of other songs that I've listened to that uh, that talks about God's grace, which is true. Um, but but this idea of that that it's undeserved, I just like seeing that language. In a, in yeah, a song. I, yeah. I would say this song. <laughs> this, this is gonna be funny. I would say in the first verse, this song probably does better talking about God's grace than Your grace is enough. I mean, I think it's it's really good because it's 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 true. When I heard that first verse, I was like, wow, this. I was really excited about the song because <laughs> I was thinking. Man, they're talking about I'm I'm living in a grace where everything is more than I imagined and it's undeserved and it's freely given. I'm like, yes, amen. That's true. So why is that true? And but then they go into, well, all, all my regrets and all my failures and all my wrongs have been left at the cross. I would have loved if they had said is freely given because Christ on the cross secured for me salvation that you know I could have never hoped to earn and because and all my regrets now and all my failures are left there and all I, I'm receiving is God's love like boom then I go to the chorus and say oh Lord as it says you take me as I am over and over you call me yours again that to that me gives that, that right it gives me that gives yeah. the chorus more power and it's so but it kind of goes into this this stereotypical I believe um, of this experiential, like, Hey, all my regrets, all my failures, all my wrongs. It's like the, it's the everyday Christian make me feel better thing. Like, okay. So I, I lied to my kids or I yelled at my husband or blah, blah, blah. But you know what? God loves me at where I am. And as I am, 
And, and you even said like the chorus, if you want to take a stab at it, like you're saying was kind of leaves you wanting. Cause it feels it's, it's the, like, God loves you where you are and uh, there's no pull or push to, to grow. Right. You were kind of saying that before. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, like for example, Romans five, six through eight and first John one, um, one through two, uh, Romans five specifically talks about how, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, which shows us what or the state that we were in as sinners, uh, eternally separated from God. At least that's what we deserved. Yeah. Um, when we were in that state, Christ came and he redeemed us, which, uh, which I, I see that in chorus. And I also see, yeah. uh, in, in first John, uh, one, one and two, or excuse me, first John two, one and two, yeah. where, where it talks about, um, and, and the very, the, the specific word there is the word, um, if, and not the word when, uh, because yeah. the word when would designate that we don't have a choice, but the word if gives us choice that mm. if we sin, we can come back to the father. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I see that here as well. Uh, that, that denotation of choice, but as you were alluding to, uh, one of my chief concerns about this song is, okay, yes, great. Take me as I am. Um, over and over, you call me yours again. You see it all. And still you want me, how you love yeah. me. All of that is true. Now what? What do I yeah. what do I do after that? Uh, this is a come as you are sort of preaching, which is which is yeah. true. We we come as we are, but what about after that? You know, we're not supposed mm. to stay as we are, and yeah. and, that's, and yeah. this is a really big missed opportunity to talk about the change that comes in knowing Christ. Yeah. And and you know, I I'm really concerned about unbelievers who hear this. And they say, okay, I can go and I can follow Jesus and he is not going to make any demands on my life. Yeah, mm, that's true. I mean, that this is, I mean, when I was working in the church, I experienced this all the time. So many congregates would, would, would basically view their relationship with the Lord and, and their faith walk as, okay, it's literally just me, my life and everything plus Jesus, right? I'm, I'm just putting Jesus on top of my life or just kind of inside it in a little bit right and it's that nominal christianity it, it's as you said it says come as you are and stay as you've been kind of look to christianity it's jesus it's my life plus jesus rather than what god calls us to is to take up our cross daily and die to ourselves that means i'm sacrificing i am being sanctified i am releasing everything inside of me and my desires and my dreams and my wants and yielding all of that to christ and his his calling on my life right and I think that's true. I mean, I, I was, I interact with people interesting. It's just so interesting being outside of the church and interacting with people still as a Christian, having very different conversations, but similar themes. So one of the conversations I've had with someone at the gym is they, they said, you know, we're talking about churches because I'm in the South gosh, dude, every single person I talk to is like, right, where do you go to church? I'm like, I was in Delaware where no one went to church. So this is like, Hey doll, where are you going to church? You know, Oh yeah, you should go to this church. It's a great church. And and so I was talking to someone and they said, oh yeah, we haven't been to church in like five months. Uh, and then they immediately afterwards, they said, I know I'm a terrible Christian. And I went, what? So that's your, that's your belief of what it means to be a good Christian is actually just attending church. And that's, that's the belief of Jesus on top of my life, right? Oh, that's right. I have to add church on my list. Crap. I forgot about that. Rather than, no, I, I don't want to miss on 
corporate worship, worshiping corporately with brothers and sisters, sitting under teaching and being transformed by the renewing of my mind through the word, through the washing of the word. Right. And I think that's, if this, if this is the type of, if this song describes how you go about your life, then that's going to be you. You're going to think being a good Christian is making sure you go to church still. But, but if that's, if that's not the case, then you're going to be, you're going to be wanting more from, I think from this song. And, you know, so you can, if you want, you can take over, but I was just going to go to the next verse. If you, if you were ready, sir. That's fine. We, Sorry, can, just we can move on. It's okay. No, you, well, everything you said is true. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm reminded of the song by Carrie Underwood called Jesus, take the, take Jesus, take the wheel. Um, Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. That one. I love that song. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's in contrast to that song. Uh, this one here, you're still in the driver's seat. Jesus. Yeah, ooh, co-pilot. That's a good metaphor. Oh yeah. Thanks job, Vince. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> You're so true, man. That was good. We are still in the driver's seat. That's good. Um, okay. So the second verse talks more. It's kind of like our, it, I think it alludes to our union with him. So let us be together seated at your table in communion. Everyone is equal in your presence. And then, okay. They kind of parse that out in the second part of the verse, which is where, uh, where, where I am from or where I've been the way that I've lived or the color of my skin Nothing will change how the father loves me. So yes, true. Nothing changes how God loves you. If you are in Christ, right? Yes. There, there is, there is no sin that you can commit that will say, God will go. Oof. If you'd only just not done that, I'd still be able to love you. That's not the case. But when you, when they started to talk about like where I've been, where I'm from, the way that I've lived or the color of my skin, I was like, ah, this is dangerously just getting into the cultural social gospel kind of stuff of like, it's, it's heavily targeting cultural stuff going on in the song rather than yielding to the truth of scripture to say like, it's, we're all equal before the cross. Let's just focus on that. And it's, I'm not saying it's wrong, but when I heard that on top of, like you said, on top of the course, so I heard the course and then I went to that and I went, oh man, this is just making me nervous, right? I don't want, it, would this perpetuate an ideal uh, in youth of like, like it's, yeah, Jesus on top of my life, Jesus on top of my social uh, agenda or my social charge that I have, or my, my passion of social justice and equality and all that kind of stuff is, am I just packaging Jesus on top of that? rather than filtering everything the way I view myself and the culture around me in my own skin through the lens of the gospel. Right. I'm sorry. You go, I'm going to stop talking Vince. You like this song got <laughs> me so spun up about that. I didn't even mean to. I understand. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for unity in Christ. Um, and first Corinthians talks about that in Paul's yeah. letter. Um, not just once, but twice. Um, he, he talks about the, you know, the, the importance of unity and not to have any divisions. Um, yeah. And I recall in the first century there was a major division between the uh, the Jews and the Gentiles, as well as the uh, the Gentiles and the uh, and the excuse me the Jews and the Samaritans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how they were not to associate with them, and and Christ came and and he brought them all together. Uh, this was happening during Jesus' ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a huge event with Peter, who had this vision about the unclean meat, and said, yep. uh, "Come and eat." He went to go visit Cornelius in Acts ten. Um, and, and then there was this huge outpouring of Gentiles that came in and this whole thing about, well, how, how are we going to add them to the fold and, and the four rules right. that came with that and all, all that yeah. other stuff. 
that came with that. So I'm, I, I am definitely all for that. But um, yeah, I, I'm also a little bit nervous about the politis, politicization. I can't say Ooh, it. Good word. Politicization. Um, good job. Thank you. Yes. I, that, that was my attempt at that word um, <laughs> of, of, uh, of this particular song. Um, and yeah. not to say that it's not true because it, because it is, um, but it, it does make me a little bit nervous to see that. Right. Because then after that, it just goes back to the chorus and it keeps repeating the chorus. So, you know, over and over and over again, it kind of goes back yeah. to the, um, you know, all my regrets, all my failures once again. So it's back to, it's, it's almost like it, it wanted to just get there. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I, one thing I wanted to do and some people have pushed back or just given me some good feedback, which is, I appreciate, right. You know, I don't want to be someone who just assumes or presumes upon the motive of the author. Right. And so I've been trying, you know, anytime I try to review a song, I look for interviews where the person talked about the song. Like what was their, what might've been in their mind as they were writing this And the writer of the song literally said, being a woman of color, growing up in a church and youth ministry, I always had a distinct knowledge that even though I may not always be loved in the world, I knew when I came to the house of God and was in his presence that I was accepted, seen and fully loved by him. And that applies to all of us about not feeling accepted by everyone all the time. That's one of the things that really drew me to the heart of God as a young person. I was figuring out who I was, what I was about and what I believed about God. Okay. So this, this is why made this, what made me where it was, was kind of talking about like, you know, if you're not loved in society, you're loved by God. And the last line I was figuring out who I was, what I was about, what I believed about God. That has merit, but it needs to still sit underneath who I am in Christ, what I was about in Christ, and what what is true about God. Not just what about what I what I believe about God, but what is true about God, right? And that's that's the 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 difference for me. And that was what kind of when I was looking at it. And then you know we made the joke about some of the verses that they included in this article. I don't think that the author of the song, the writer of the song said, these are the songs that were connected to this message because some of them are just very, conf- what, like what? Like one of them was Song of Solomon 4-7, you are altogether beautiful, my darling, there's no fly in you. I'm like, I don't think, like that's not, okay. Song you know of Solomon I mean? has a completely different context <laughs> that Please I'm not going to get that. into. Yeah, I don't want to get into that either. Um but then other verses they included uh, were, were really good. Like, you know, there are things, to, there is merit in the, hey, 2 Corinthians 5.17, which was quoted by them, the author or the article, the author of this article is, therefore, there, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come, right? All things have become new. That is true. We are in Christ now new, and we are those supposed to live as new creation, right? That's that's the difference in the implication of these verses or Ephesians 2.10, you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. But like you said, you know, it feels like people just stop at that. We are God's masterpiece. It, it feels like it's it's about two thirds of a testimony. I'll, let me explain what I mean by that. So any, <laughs> so any yeah, any good testimony has uh, has three different parts in it. Um, life before Christ, the quote unquote mm. conversion. Uh, and then life after Christ, and it's missing Amen. that. Yeah, it's missing that third part. I know I had a little uh, talked about this earlier, but it's it's yeah. so important to talk about how Christ has changed us, and that's missing in this song. And it, I just yeah. I, I don't like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's it 
one of the statements the person made in in uh, the writer of the song says in this article is the song's message is all inclusive. The gospel is all inclusive. To which I'd say that's not no. <laughs> it's just I'm wrong. Shaking my head. I mean, yeah, Vince is shaking his head. I'm shaking my head. He and I think that's why this song is what it is. And it's I don't want to say the song is is dangerous per se, but if this is like, you know, you said, Vince, it's it's like milk. It's like a milk. And I would even say it's a little sour to be milk. You know, it's it is it is it's it's dangerous if this is all of your exposure to Christ, to faith, right? To your walk with the Lord. Like if this is it, then you, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't really know how deep your faith goes. Like if we're talking parable of the sower, which one are you in this? I think you're the one that gets thrown in the weeds, choke it up. You know, it's that, that sentence to me was really what kind of set off the red flags. The gospel is all inclusive. I think, I mean, Vince, what do you, what, like, what, what, what do you think to that? The gospel is all inclusive. Um, I, I think that begs the question, do, do these people actually know what the gospel is? Yeah. If, if they think that this, that the gospel is all, I mean, the gospel is about the kingdom of God and how we can enter into it. Um, so I don't, and there's nothing here about the kingdom of God at all. So I don't, yeah, I don't see isn't. how this could be all inclusive because that's the, that's the gospel that Jesus preached over and over right. and over again. Amen. And, and that's the danger of a song like this targeted to youth though, is that is the, 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 the youth of our culture today, right? Gen, Gen Z is all about inclusivity, right? And you can't, but in, in their inclusivity, they're also excluding others that are exclusive by nature, like Christianity, right? Because the gospel is not all inclusive. It is exclusive. That's right. A, a good, a, a good pastor will preach that on a Sunday. He will say the gospel is not all in, all inclusive. You don't, it's not an all inclusive resort. It is specifically for those who God has called and has saved on the cross, right? It's not, and you can't just come to faith because you think Jesus is cool, right? You, you have to actually believe in certain things and then showcase that through living it out. Right. And so, yeah. So I know that you, 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 as you look at these songs, you're like, look, I just, I want to look at how biblical it is. I'm going to give it a score here. And I wanted to open up the floor for you to kind of get, give what your, what you would say your score would be for the different aspects of the song. And then I can even say what I would, I would give for the song. Yeah. All right. So before I do that, uh, the rest of the song is pretty much repetitive to what was already previously said, which oh, it is. Uh, yeah, I've I've kind of backed off a little bit on that in my reviews. Um, you have. I've noticed that you're so much kinder now. Yeah, it's it's more of a like a note instead of a, I'm going to start taking points away. Um, yeah. we had, there was a whole discussion about that. So that was that was interesting. Um, really? And I, I, I do try to be generous in my scoring. Um, I really like how Greg Kokel said, um, he's a Christian apologist. Uh, he said to interpret charitably and that's something I, like I that. try to do. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a great, great idea. Um, oh, and by the way, in spontaneous, the word Jesus shows up twice, but it's in the spontaneous part. Yes, it is. It's, <laughs> it's sort of like a throwaway, which could kind of make me sad, but, um, at least the word Jesus was there. So that, that kind of, that kind of helped not with the scoring, right, but yeah. just made me talk, you know, just a little bit happier about this song. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so the way that I, I rate songs, um, I have four different sections in all of my reviews. Uh, it's about the message, 
uh, about whether or not it's biblical, uh, outsider interpretation, inherent glorification of God. Uh, so, and my scores are from a range of zero to 10, 10 being awesome, zero being, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Aptly, aptly described. Nicely done. That's right. That's right. Um, so for the message, I, I would actually give this a seven. Um, and the reason why is although there are some concerns about politics and yeah. about how uh, there's, no, there's no change, uh, the majority of what they have to say is true. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, all of what they have to say is true. I didn't say a single thing in here that was, that was actually untrue. And, um, and again, interpreting charitably, I, w- I would give it a seven as yeah. opposed to say like a five, which, which some people might do. Um, and because everything is true and I could find scriptural backing for everything that's said here, I gave the Bible section a 10. Yeah. Uh, outsider, I gave that one a six because I'm a little bit more concerned with how the outsiders, people who are not Christians might interpret this song in terms of change and so i i gave it one point less giving it a six and then inherent glorification of god seven uh and so the final score would actually be a generous eight out of love to do more like a like a seven and a half but because of the way that my scoring works it gets more like an eight but i would not recommend it for corporate worship no and i wouldn't either and i will say it has a ton of merit as a private worship song i would say that i wouldn't do this as a as a corporate worship song especially just because you know, there are going to be people in your church that if you say the whole, like, doesn't matter about my skin with, we're just so charged as a culture. Someone's going to get upset about that. Not that you have to cater to the, in the people that can only, you know, drink the milk in your church per se, but there you, as a worship pastor, you need to consider, will this song stir up controversy that doesn't need to be stirred up? And that wouldn't be stirred up if I didn't do this song, right? That's, that's a merit that you have to consider. And you have to, it's a variable that you have to think about as a pastor and as a worship pastor. And if you're not, you already know how I feel about you. You're lazy and you need to, you know, change work or get over it and actually get better as a worship pastor or pastor. But I will say this, when I looked at this article, the end of the article, I think this guy, it's called News Release Today. The guy's name is Kevin, I think. Yeah, Kevin Davis, who did the review or kind of interview and then review. And at the end, this is his thoughts, which was perfect. He says, only Jesus can give us our identity. What a powerful expression of what it means to accept that God never leaves or forsake us. He's all we need. I sing this song to God with all my heart, soul, and mind and strength. God pours out his mercy despite what we've done. And there's nothing we can do except trust in his son, Jesus. Oh, there's Jesus. We can't even earn heaven. It's only through complete surrender to Jesus and putting our hope in him that we can be saved. He wants to give us life and never let us go. That's something worth singing about. Jesus. Now, this is this is where I'm like, eh, Jesus died on the cross to set us free from the battle of our minds, from sin and from death. Yes, that's true. But it's yes, from the penalty of sin and death. Yes, that's great. And he wants us to have abundant life in him. What a wonderful, encouraging truth. God knows us intimately. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, he sees us as holy, righteous, redeemed, chosen, fully known and forgiven, no matter what you've done. There's and he goes on more. And it's that is fantastic. I will say that what he does at the end gives a song a little bit more oomph because he he unpacks what the song doesn't unpack. And I think that's it's so stark reading what he says and what the song says to me that I go like, oh man, see, 
that's what I wanted to hear from the song. Not just you take me as I am right, the whole time. You love me. You love me. Right, just the whole time over and over and over and over again. I would have loved to have the meat that Kevin gave. And that's, but like I've said before, and you know what you're saying about be charitably. What did you say? Uh, criticize charitably, or you said critique charitably. Inter- yeah. Interpret charitably. Inter- interpret charitably. This song has merit if you use it in the right context, right? And and I don't think you can't use this song. Like I've I've told many people that I I still listen to and have listened to Reckless Love, but I don't ever suggest to do it on, in a corporate worship because I I do enjoy the fact that one the song is melodically compelling and it and it does have truth within it that stirs my heart. But I I also know the truth that Kevin expounded upon within this article that that helps frame the song better. Right. And so if you can't frame the song, then I would say this song won't be helpful to you because it's going to either reiterate an immaturity in your faith, or it's not going to help you grow. Um, which I think are actually the same thing that was redundant. But if, if you can, if you can interpret the song through the lens that this guy, Kevin does in this article, then yes. And like you said, Vince, like where, where you can look at the scriptural context of the song and what, what biblical basis there is for these lines boom now the song would be something i'd say hey yeah listen to it regularly that if it serves your soul and helps grow your faith in the lord do it right fully do it commit to that uh because it it is a good song in that way it's it's the kind of song that i would probably recommend somebody who is spiritually mature uh but needs to pick me up Ooh, yeah good that's a good suggestion i was thinking the same thing and um I, I've been listening to Alan Parr for a while. He's a yeah. he's another former worship pastor. I, I don't know if you've heard of him, um, but there was a video that he did on the theology of Hillsong, Elevation Worship, and I think Jesus Culture. Mm. And one of the things he said at the end of this video is that um, although there are some questionable theologies that are taught in all of these churches. Uh, he would not he would not recommend anyone listen to any of songs from these artists until that person has developed their theology and is spiritually uh, mature enough to be able to separate the wheat from the chaff. And this is this is another example of a song where someone needs to have that ability to separate wheat from chaff to to look at a song like this as. Uh, what did you say his name was Kevin? Yeah, the guy Kevin Davis, I think. Was Kevin the Davis, the yeah, yeah. The, what, how, the way that he framed this, uh, as opposed to what it actually communicates. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, wait, so who for just so for your people and my people, Alan Parr? Who is that? How do you spell his name? Uh, A L N E N, and then the last name is Parr. P A R R. I think his his uh, pod, his uh, YouTube channel is called The Beat. Oh, The Beat! Yes, I know who that is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who that is. Yeah, nice, awesome. That's a good resource for you guys because he does he does a great job. He's done a fantastic work unpacking theology and songs. So, um, yeah, if you guys want to follow him, alanparr.com or just go to his The Beat on YouTube as well. Um, any other thoughts though before we close out, Mister Mister Wright? Uh, none for me. Uh, just thank you so much again for having me on this podcast. I really enjoyed talking with you again. 
It's, it's, you don't have to thank me. It's my pleasure. I, I always enjoy these times. And I like it's like I told the listeners, you guys have to check out the Brian test, especially if you want to look at more songs that are on the radio uh, and just gen- more songs in general. Right. Right. He takes a look at way more songs than I do. And, and from a different perspective that I've always appreciated. Uh, and then I just kind of look at corporate worship songs. That's kind of my niche for me. And so if you guys are ever listening to my podcast and you want more as far as like a range of songs, please already go and, and just click on the briantest.com or go to this Facebook uh, and, and follow him. I mean, it's, it's a wealth of, of knowledge and, and, and resource of just information to kind of parse through what you're listening to. So I, I appreciate him and I, I need you guys to appreciate him too. Cause he's great. There's close to 500 songs now. 500 songs. I've got like, I don't even know. I took that long, took that long break from November to, or December to like, I oh gosh, I think it was like April. I don't even know. So I don't even, but I did, I will say this a little plug. I have almost 7,000 downloads for my podcast Oh wow! in less than a year of podcasts. So that's, that's a lot. That's great. I'll take it, man. That's the Lord. I mean, I'll, I'll take that. You know, Michelle was really kind. She said, keep plugging away, Joel. Um, you know, just keep plugging away and you'll, you'll see it grow. And, and, and it's yep. all for God's glory though. I mean, in the church's edification, that's my desire is just to see like you, like you want to do, you just want to see people think more about what we're listening to and what we're, what we're doing. So anyway, you, sir, I hope you have a great day and, and I hope, well, we're not going to say bye yet because we'll say bye after this, but bye I now. hope uh, bye for now, except when we say bye. Uh, but thank you again, everyone, for listening to the podcast. Follow on Instagram uh, at Theology and Music, and uh, you can always email me as well. But I uh, thank you guys for listening again. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope you have a wonderful Lord's Day as you worship corporately. But with that, see you guys later. Bye.